Hi, friends. Welcome to the Church Abused Coach podcast with me, Laurie Sullivan, an author, teacher, wife, mother, Nana, ex-minister's wife, survivor, Jesus-loving daughter of a fantastic, faithful, and ferocious God. If you, like me, have been abused by a minister or church and want to be heard, to heal, to live in hope, I am so glad you're here. In this podcast, we will break the silence on this issue, actively pursue healing, and determine, choose, pick, declare to live victorious anyway. Are you ready for that? Come on, grab that coffee, pour that tea, sip your straw, and let's begin. Today, we break the silence about pornography. According to Transparency Market Research, the adult entertainment market pulled in $172.5 billion in 2022, with a forecast of $267.3 billion by 2031. There is so much more available porn in this time period with the advent of the internet that my ex-husband could have consumed or even imagined over 30 years ago. Still, my ex-husband was a minister and he was an addict. And I found out that piece of truth once I was married and pregnant. Hey, today my friends, let's talk about the pain of pornography. What I am going to do is read from my journal that just came out in January. It can accompany my memoir that I wrote, Married by Myself, which came out last May of 23. And in that memoir, I describe my journey of marrying a minister and finding out that he was a sexual predator, a pedophile, and a porn addict. And Oh, all of the variables that come with that and believing in marriage and wanting to honor God and having three little boys come of the nine and a half years that we spent together. So my memoir of the nine and a half years that we spent together. So my memoir goes through and chronicles that journey and how faithful and incredible God was to me. But my husband said to me after I was done writing the memoir, baby, you really need a workbook or a journal for when people are processing their own journeys. So that is how Married by Myself Journal to Healing was born. And what I did in this in this journal was grab topics that were significant issues in the memoir so that any Christian woman who has been betrayed by her Christian spouse could kind of go through, excuse me, these topics and think, think, yes, that happened to me or, 
yes, I know uh, my sister has experienced this or my best friend has experienced this and kind of learn from the what was written in the memoir and do this writing to process what happened. So that memoir and can be bought with the journal or this journal could be just an experience on its own. So <clears throat> I want to share with you chapter six, which pulls out the very, very, very common pain of pornography. And what I did when I was uh, matching the two manuscripts together was uh, I would write on the topic, but I would grab from the chapter that it came from and quote enough from that chapter that a person, oh, okay, that's Lori's little segment of story. And now I'm going to process and answer these questions and do these things. So I thought today, let's just talk about it because that's what we do here on the Church Abused Coach podcast. The first thing we have to do is break our silence in order to find our healing, in order to live victorious anyway. So with those three things as our focus, today is a broadcast about breaking the silence on this particular part. Uh, sometimes I have said that I think pornography is like the favorite Christian sin. So let's just ponder that for a moment. That's kind of a glorious oxymoron. The Christian sin and the favorite Christian sin. What makes it so what makes it so so common, so compelling, I think, is its secrecy. It can be the sin that happens that no one sees. If your sin is tax evasion, somebody's going to find that out, you know? If if your sin is raping, you know, somebody's going to find that out. But this sin can be seemingly so quiet and maybe because of it so benign, but oh, 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 it is not benign. It is not benign at all. So let me take you through um, chapter six. Um, I read the uh, data from uh, data from the industry earlier when I started. And so that's how the chapter starts. And um, my ending spot there was I found out a piece of the truth once I was married and pregnant. And so now let me take you into the quote from chapter five. We didn't make it one year before the pornography. I found it in his briefcase, the one we purchased with the combination lock for his overall professional appearance. The glossy pages of various magazines were hanging out of his briefcase enough for me to notice that something was amiss. As naive as I was, I knew the word we, O-U-I, didn't mean we, high school French major, 
Because of the combination lock, I couldn't open it, though. Junior at a Christian liberal arts college, I was nauseated and afraid of the confrontation. Doug calmly explained he had been counseling a 15-year-old guy in our small church youth group who had given him the stash in an act of repentance. Doug just hadn't trashed it yet. That's from chapter 5. So that was my first encounter. My naive, I got married when I was 19. Um, I was halfway through college. I had graduated a year early, went to college when I was 17. Was going to become a high school English teacher. Had done my freshman and sophomore years. We married in the summer between, went back to college, got a beautiful little apartment. It was brand new. Uh, had our part-time jobs and, you know, our student loans and uh, had our part-time jobs and, you know, our student loans. And um, I had my work-study program where I graded for the university and my husband um, worked a variety of different jobs in town. And he was doing an internship because he was becoming a youth pastor. And when you marry at 19 and you grew up in a minister's home, half your life in Maine and half your life in um, a big city area, there, there's a chance that there's going to be some naive understanding of the planet. So when I found the tips of those magazines sticking out, um, I look back at it now and I think, did he want me to find them? Because why why would he be so careless? I don't know. I'm not a psychologist and I haven't got all the things figured out. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist and I haven't got all the things figured out. But I did find it. And it was 10 months into the marriage. And um, I was newly pregnant. So I was, you know, feeling... Uh, it wasn't an expected pregnancy... And I had a lot of college left to do, and I was determined to graduate on time. Uh, it was just was just a lot to absorb and to try to understand, because we were not just Christians. We were Christians on a mission to serve the Lord very publicly and to, to be in the pulpit. And because... My dad was a minister. I had ideas about what kind of private life was necessary in order to live public level. Um, I, I, I want to share what I wrote because the personal level of it, um, being so young maybe and uh, so insecure on my own. And, and well, anyway, we're going to get to that. Uh, that this particular sin, and it is sin, um, so let's let's not mistake that. Because I know there are going to be people who are going to say, Lori, you know, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a guy who has never looked at porn in the United States of America. Well, okay, thanks, um, still sin, all right? The, the Bible says clearly, and Jesus says clearly to his disciples and to all of the, you know, hypo hypocritical Pharisees 
who did a lot of private sinning, right, without the public sinning going on, um, private sinning, right, without the public sinning going on, um, he said to all of them very clearly uh, when they were fussing about adultery, he said, listen, I'm telling you, if a man looks at a woman with lust in his eyes, he has already committed adultery. Yikes. Hello. Jesus' standard for sexual purity is high. It's high. Don't even look. Don't, don't even look. And what is pornography except for looking? So Jesus addressed that. So that, that's easy. We got to stay away from that. Um, and then, honestly, I have a former student who has studied this topic and has so much research, studied this topic and has so much research and so much, shall we say, secular knowledge and psychological take on it outside of Jesus' command that I, I think it would be, anybody would be hard pressed to say, well, you know, it happens because it's, it's devastating. Um, I want to read a little bit more of uh, my quote from chapter six, which continues the story past that. So when I first found it um, from the story here, Doug's explanation was, that he had gotten it from, from a kid. And, you know, that sounded reasonable, right? The fact that he hadn't, like, thrown it in a dumpster, though, that was the outlier. That was a little hard to, to uh, believe. With our next son, Brady, here's the quote from Chapter 6. I found the videotapes. They were in the underwear drawer. I wasn't trying to find them. I was just putting away clean underwear for my husband. Their pornographic labels gave them away, and the confrontation that ensued resulted in Doug's peaceful explanation. He had mistakenly ordered these tapes, these were VHS tapes, from, such, from uh, some promotional postcard that came to the church office. The darkness was swirling all around me. I couldn't see, breathe, or think clearly. How did this keep happening? I loved Jesus. I loved Jesus. I loved my husband. I loved my children, my job, and our youth group. What was wrong? In a weeping rage, I pulled the black film by the arm loads out of its VHS casing, declaring forcefully that this thing would not destroy us. Then I waddled my seven-month pregnant self to the trash cans outside and disposed of both tapes. They survived, only for me to find them in the briefcase, that same briefcase, about nine months later, in our new home, 
in Western Pennsylvania. So by chronology, listen, by chronology, listeners, what, what had happened was the first incident happened while we were still in college. And this second incident happened when we had taken our first church. So people who say, well, you know, people are going to, you know, they're going to look and um, that's kind of normal. We're going to let that kind of happen. No, no, we're not. We're actually not. Because look, look what happens. Lust is insatiable. So let's digest that thought for a moment. Lust is insatiable. It cannot be satisfied. You have to have more and more and more and more. In my little experience as this very young married Christian woman who loved Jesus, I discovered the power of this addiction that it it did not start when we were in college. This was something that was was an experience in my ex-husband's life that he had never dealt with or conquered. And so I found magazines in the first incident, but in the second incident, he has videotapes, VHS tapes sent to the church office so that I don't, I don't get it in the mail. And uh, that's a little risky. Um, sent to the church office, and then he hides them in the underwear drawer. Again, I don't know. If say, Lori, here's how it goes. Did he want me to find them? You know, he didn't tear their labels off. You know what I mean? Um, so I could tell what they were by the labels. And what are the chances that I'm the person who does the laundry and I put the laundry away that I would ever find those, right? So that's a whole other journey. But anyway, I'm saying the the magazines weren't enough. And here we are about 18 months, 24 months later, and now we have some videotapes. And I think I'm handling it um, by ripping the the actual black film out you know by you i don't know if you've ever seen a a tape that got you know pulled uh all the film got pulled but he had got you know pulled uh all the film got pulled but he had to do some serious work he had to go down to those garbage cans from the backyard and unlock the fence go down the back uh yard and pull those guys out of there and then wind them back and some of it had to be wrinkled and maybe destroyed in some way. But that it was that important to him. So he saved those videotapes. I don't know where he put them next because it wasn't the underwear drawer. But that's the un- insatiable pull of this addiction, of this favorite Christian sin. That oxymoron again. That... 
there would be this silent sin, this quiet one that you could hide from. And not, nobody in, in our public lives, we were dealing with something like this in our private lives. Um, that would take the discernment of the Holy Spirit of God. Otherwise, he just got away with it. Well, here's what I write in the journal. The spiritual problem with pornography is at the very least adultery. Matthew writes, quote, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And that comes from Matthew 5, 28. From the female side of the fence, it hit me in several categories. And here's some bullets. My own insecurity about my looks. Anybody with me on that? You already don't feel super confident about your body, right? Bullet two, your body, right? Bullet two, my enhanced vulnerability due to pregnancy. Mm-hmm. When you're pregnant, you know, we know about those pregnant women. They have those cravings. They can cry at a drop of a hat. So there I, I had the normal vulnerability. But here again, I'm 22 years old now and I'm in my second pregnancy. And you know, if you've had your first pregnancy, that your, your body has changed. You've got a couple stretch marks maybe. And then you're pregnant again. And so your body does not look like the airbrushed body of all the women in the magazines and uh, the videotapes. And the third bullet of how it hit me, a student, a new mother, and then a new minister's wife. So I had to battle when I found those videotapes, I had to battle my own in feeling of inferiority that it must be something that's wrong with me that makes my husband do this. That is not true, girls. That is not true. But by golly gee, it's sure hard to get that knowledge from your brain to your heart and to your emotions. So I battled with not feeling adequate. I battled some guilt. I had to fight it actively um, with the Lord. And, and, and who was I going to tell? Who does the minister's wife tell? Who was I going to say, hey, I need, I need a prayer partner. I need somebody to go the distance. I Somebody fast with me. I, I need some prayer for this situation going on in my life. There was nobody to talk to. Nobody. So me and Jesus, just I'm just begging God, begging God, help the girl, help the girl. Well, then in the journal here, I asked this question. Do you understand the pain of pornography? And I wonder sometimes that people who are addicted to anything, uh, whatever it is, 
including pornography, but do you understand the pain that that addiction brings to the people closest to you? And I know you're all involved in your addiction. And I know you're all involved in your addiction, porn guys. And you're not really processing the fact that you took a bride and that you made a vow. And furthermore, you're a Christian and your eyes really belong to God. There's that whole scripture, you know, it is just better if you pluck your eyes out, if they're sinning, you cut your hand off. If, you know, if, if it's sinning, it's just better for your spiritual welfare. If you can't get it under control, of course, that's an, ex, you know, that's an extreme, but I'm telling you, it's serious and it causes so much pain. My next question to the readers of the journal is, what honestly, church of the 21st century, men and women of God in the 21st, women of God in the 21st century, what can we do about save Satan's favorite sin plan for a man? What can we do? We need to do something. At the very least, at the very, very least, we need to break the silence that this is happening. This is happening in the church. This is damaging relationships in the church. And by its nature, lust is insatiable. If we do not break the silence in the church, if we do not address this, get that ugly, raw, nasty thing right out there with the spot and get some help, some counseling, some hard work going and some prayer, we're never going to get this thing healed as long as it stays in the darkness. And always in my journal writing and in my, my memoir, I have a song and a scripture that I use in the chapter that I'm writing. So here's a piece, not just to land pornography as a topic on you and say, whoa, here's the heavy facts. Here's some statistics. Here's a personal story. Here's how it hurts. Here's the pain. The question becomes, what can we do? How can we heal? How can we affect change? Because we don't just want to sit in the goop. So the hold up for my moment was a song called Can't Live a Day. It was recorded by Avalon, oh, probably in the 90s, probably in the 90s. Uh, can't live a day without you. And I encourage my readers to write the lyrics to that song that really stand out to you today on this topic of pornography. Because what we do when we're in pain is we run to the cross. We run to the Lord. And as a wife, 
And furthermore, as a minister's wife, carrying the extra burden of this cannot be, this cannot be, I needed to run to the Lord. And I needed to be okay with God. Um, and in this song, Can't Live a Day, there's beautiful okay with God. Um, and in this song, Can't Live a Day, there's beautiful lyrics for healing inside yourself to say, Lord, I so need you. There is actually, there's no night, Lord, and there's no morning without your loving arms to hold me. I can't live a day without you. So a recognition, I needed that. I just needed to run to my Heavenly Father. And then I asked the question, how does this song help you to live victoriously despite any circumstance? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. How then shall we live? Right? And my, my last section of every chapter is called, I Believe. And honestly, the music is something that the Lord always brought to my book, The Truth. It is the, I call it the true north. I love that on a compass. There's one true north. I just really love that, especially in this day and age where we have, I don't know, 57, 293 genders um, in America, fussing with gender. Um, don't get me started, but, and, and then, and then can I just say it that I grew up and Pluto was a planet, right? And now it's not a planet. You know what I mean? So things change, the world's changed sometimes for good and sometimes towards insanity, but there is a true North and that compass that guided, you know, Christopher Columbus had one true North and the compass that uh, a sea captain has on the ocean today still has one true north. There's this one. And it's such a, that's what the Bible is to me. Because if you have made Jesus Christ your Savior and your Lord, then that book, that book is your true north. That's what God left for us. And we work in an understanding of who he is and our relationship with him by looking at that book. So the I believe section is so critical to get some truth, to find the true north. And so this scripture is the scripture that ends this journal piece on pornography. This comes from 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Mm. Good stuff. So if the temptation is pornography, if the temptation is to lust, then here's what God says. That there isn't a temptation that you have ever known that isn't common to man. This is common. 
That's not new. Lust is not new. Not new. This is not a 21st century problem. It's common. But here's the other fact. God is faithful. You got a common temptation. You have a faithful God. He is not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So if you battle with any temptation, this is when you run. We all have to run. God, you promised not more than I can bear. I'm here. I'm here. Save me now. Save me now. Save me now. Protect me now. And then I love the word when. But when you are tempted, not if. Oh, not if. Temptations as old as the story, people. Come on. Lucifer leaving heaven, tempted with his own pride. You got Eve in the garden. I mean, this is not new. We are not dealing with some unusual new phenomenon. When you are tempted, God will also, because the temptation's happening, and so is God, both happening. God will also provide a way out. As sometimes we just walk through the swamp here, walking through the swamp, even as people who have declared Jesus Christ to be their Savior, baptized, say Jesus is the Lord of their life, we got some swamp walking that has to happen sometimes. And God is faithful to help us. What we need to do, my friends, what we need to do, as the 21st century church is break the silence on this very common and near I say popular sin that plagues the people of God and can have no place, no place in the righteousness that is necessary the cleansing that is necessary, that is necessary, and the cleansing that is necessary. God forgives us and he brings us, he tells us, go and sin no more. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Always email the number four, my name, Laurie Sullivan at gmail, for Laurie Sullivan at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know topics that you would like to discuss. Let me know if you'd like to be a guest on this podcast. Um, If you have something to share with our very precious audience that maybe has been suffering in silence in quiet places all over this world, but God has laid on my heart and pushed against my will I wanted to do a podcast, but do a podcast. But my negotiation with God was, hey, let's do something funny. And and so no, no. That this subject isn't funny at all. But I am obeying the Lord because I know you're out there. And I have suffered, you have suffered, and God wills that we all come to repentance and to healing. I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, Contact us. Hey, friend, if you found hope in today's episode, would you let the world know? 
head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I would really love that. Hey, say hello on my Facebook page, Victorious Anyway, as together we break the silence, find the healing, and live victorious anyway. See you next week.